Arts Northwest. You're very welcome to Arts Northwest, broadcasting from the Glens Arts Centre in Manor Hamilton. Myself, Brendan Murray. We go out every Thursday at this time and repeat on Sunday at 8pm. On the show this week, Craig Cox will be talking with Maria Mulligan from the Sligo Centre for Independent Living about its community art space, number 45, which is in Sligo. Craig will also be looking at what's on Achardus. You know, Kjol Tradition, na Irla O Leonard. And it uh, gives me great pleasure to welcome Irla. Tasha Aaron Phonelin, the phone line from America, where he's currently working. Falchis Jach Irla, Anna Yas Lauertlat. Kerbogat. So, Kate Dulcius Irla. Now, we all know you as uh, one of the, uh, as the vocalist with the critically acclaimed Irish-American band The Gloaming, um, who have really pushed out the boat in terms of exploring the boundaries of traditional music in what's, I suppose, termed world music. And indeed, you've worked in many, many genres. But you're, you're rooted in the traditions of West Cork. So tell us, where are your influences and how do you think you've developed over the years with the gloaming and in your own work as a solo artist that has brought you down this route? Well, the Togug me, a near her harky, more a little I was brought up in the Gaeltacht of West Cork, Coolay, Ballyborny, a very small Gaeltacht, it has to be said, but nevertheless a very vibrant one. And, uh, you know, one of the things that... Um, was very noticeable from early childhood that singing and song culture generally was was very uh, prominent in in uh, in Cooley. I suppose it's in much the same way as maybe fiddle playing would be in County Clare or Donegal and and other places. There were the most prominent sort of form of of cultural expression in in the Gaelic I grew up in was was traditional singing. Because Cooley, so I that's how I started out. Sure, because Cooley. As you say there, very small area, beautiful area, and I've had the pleasure of been down there many times. Um, its influence and Chunkerta Eranganter Shin er you know, Kyol tradition, it's really, really huge, isn't it? For its for its um size, if you like. Well it is, I suppose. I mean unusual things I think conspired to make that happen. Like for example, uh, the arrival of Sean O'Reilly in the early 60s and his huge influence then on traditional music. And then also, I think, in fairness to the local population themselves, there, there were centuries of great songwriting in the traditional idiom and uh, a lot of the proponents and exponents of that tradition singing in the Arachthus and elsewhere. And so it was, it was, it was a place of song um, from the get-go. Definitely, I mean, when I was growing up, that was the thing that struck me 
Um, and there was a bit of singing in my own family as well, more particularly, I should say. I mean, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a, it's quite a popular thing to be able to brag about having having it in your blood. And I, I wouldn't want to kind of over egg that. But my great aunt was a, a very noted that would singer. Be, Her name was um, Elizabeth Cronin. Elizabeth Cronin, yes, indeed. Who was, I suppose, even in the, in the last decade or so, has even come more to the fore. Uh, in terms of her influence on the, um, you know, so many people like, for example, Christy Moore, Planksty, you know, the Good Ship Kangaroo, and exactly, you know, and then you had you had um, Jean Ritchie used to visit down there, and um, That's uh, right. Lomax. So, do you think its geographical position is important in terms of how it held on to that? Because anybody that would be familiar with it, it is a unique place. Well, you know, I think the geographic location did help it to some degree. Uh, certainly well into the 60s and 70s it helped it and um, just, yeah, just the sheer remoteness of it but having said that plenty of remote areas either side of it uh, lost the Irish language um, if not the music culture I mean you know Sheen sure. Lucre was just over the mountain yeah. and they didn't lose the music culture they did lose the language but honestly I think Orieta's arrival was only one of a wave of uh, characters, historic characters who, who who took an interest in promoting the Irish language and in trying to bring it back and keeping it alive. He he was the last great uh, um, person to to do that, but there were others before him. And for some reason, Bailevourne's native culture wanted to hang on to the language and wanted to hang on to the culture. And, you know, it's a bit of a surprise because, you know, it's a very small place. It's bounded by the English language on all sides. So it's it's a remarkable thing in a way that they that, that they were able to hold on to what they did. For sure. And tell us then, first of all, look at you. What are you doing in America? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I'm working on something here at the moment, a project, um, an opera, which was written um, by... The words were written by an Ulster man, Paul Muldoon, the famous poet from Armagh. Indeed. And uh, and then the music has been composed by a colleague of mine here in America by the name of Dan Truman. Irish people will know him as a fiddle player who plays with Cuevin O'Reilly. Uh, but Dan is professor of music in Princeton University. And um, we've been working on this project for a couple of years now. We're hoping to perform it in uh, Dublin next spring. Uh, a project called Olagone, which is somewhat loosely based and a modern retelling of the early some of the early passages in the Thorn. So that that I've been over here rehearsing that and a few other little bits and bobs uh, as well. But that's the main reason why why I'm over here on this trip. Fantastic. And then you're you're working with uh, this gig coming up, which is uh, Saturday week. November the twenty sixth in the Glen with Centre, Ryan Malloy, right? yes. With Ryan Malloy, tell tell us about Ryan. I I I, I know he's a, a composer and pianist, and and indeed uh, uh, he he works he lectures in composition at Maynooth University. He does. He's an extraordinary musician, really. To be frank, um, I'm very lucky to be able to step on stage with him. Um, he he knows the tradition, the idiom very very well, and he's a beautiful pianist in his own right. Um, uh, he has a wonderful record out at the moment, Pianology. Uh, it's beautiful uh, rendition of many, many of our finest melodies. Um, but in terms of the songs, he, he just has a, he has a very um, sophisticated, natural way of kind of accompanying these, these uh, old songs that I, that I tend to perform with him. So it's a huge pleasure um, stepping on stage with him, 
it's like being on a magic carpet, but right. very a, a magic carpet with a, with a lot of knowledge and a lot of capability. So we've been enjoying doing uh, gigs. Uh, the last gig we did actually was in, in Italy a few months back uh, uh, with Neil Martin, another Ulster the, man. The wonderful uh, Piper. And yeah, well, he's actually uh, multi-instrumentalist. Yeah. He is a cellist in this case. So we had a lovely trip there. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, the thing about doing songs with a musician, it is very difficult to get people who are of the quality of of um, of Ryan. You know, he's, he's very unusual in, in his uh, capabilities. And of course, because he has the, the composer's ear as well and instinct, you know, he he sets out the landscape of the song beautifully. Great. So, uh, 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 well, I'm obviously uh, delighted delighted to have you uh, coming up here to the Glens. But I mean, as someone who has, like yourself, who has worked with Robert Plant, with Nick Cave, with Sinead O'Connor, and then you've worked with, you know, contemporary composers like Dunica Dennehy, Gavin Bryars, and then your work with the Gloaming, and then you work with Ryan Malloy. I mean, so, uh, and get it, Referring back to your roots in the uh, uh, West Cork Gael how do you, f- like, how do you, how does all that sit with you in terms of, you know, in the, in, in, going back 30, 40 years ago, you might have been frowned upon by the, by the stick, sticklers to the tradition and you're pushing out the boundaries. Do you feel a certain, um, is it a responsibility, if that's not too heavy a word, that you do this whilst, taking cognizance of your traditional roots or is it just I will go wherever wherever the, the, the flow takes me and the mood takes me and the, the inspiration takes me it's more the latter to be honest um, because you know the thing about it is I, I've always had a deep love for for the tradition I, that was never a question for me it's more that I also felt that I was very much in tune with whatever was going on in contemporary music, whether that was, you know, in the seventies or eighties or nineties, I've always been, I've always imagined that I could also interact with that larger musical language. And then also, you know, curiosity is, is a major factor in my work. I, I genuinely love collaborating uh, with people say in the new music, new contemporary classical music world, because they do such interesting work Sure, and you do get to, you do get to lift your range and you do get to, I, as I said to someone recently, you do get to be different versions of yourself, uh, which when you rack this as long as I am, is, 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 a, is a powerful antidote to, to, you know, getting kind of stuck. Sure. Um, but all, all, all of that, nonetheless, you know, my, my overarching feeling is that I'm always trying to find out new pathways for my voice and new pathways that, are aware, fully aware of my background, fully aware of, like when I meet a contemporary composer, they, they are expecting in, in some ways for me to be able to bring all that knowledge from the past to the table. Uh, and that's fun because I, I have to find new ways then of expressing that old knowledge. And then they're, they're awfully excited about the fact that I sound different from, from a tenor, you know what I mean? Sure. From an ordinary, sure. well, I hate the word ordinary, but from, from a stand, standard classical singer. So they, more and more composers want to work with different voices, want to hear their own work expressed in, in new and, and, and different ways. And it's a huge challenge for me to do that kind of work. I mean, sometimes overwhelming challenge, but 
but the payoff is is also very very stimulating well i love that you said it's fun Long may you continue having fun oh, and us getting the rewards <laughs> of that fun. Uh, so what can we expect uh, Saturday week here? It's some of, well, some of look, Ryan's look, compositions, is it? Well, more, more what we try and do is Ryan will definitely play. Um, I, I, always, I always am looking forward to the fact that he plays a couple of uh, solos on his own on the Lovely. piano, his own interpretations of the old music. One of my favourites is the Mountains of Pomeroy, which is a, just a beautiful recording he's made of that of that piece. Not too far and, from and here, others. yeah. Not too far from there, yeah. And um, he then also, of course, will accompany me. And as I say, he will he will draw out the map of of these old beautiful melodies from the Shadows tradition. So our con- our concert is very traditional, to be frank. Um, but at the same time, when you have a, piano and a pianist of, of that capability it, it does change things and it, it expands the language quite a bit so that's that's what we're going to be trying to do Eintach well Thomas you look exul gomorlesh so uh, it's air on Saturn on Sheola Sfihia Saturday week the 26th at 8pm in the Glen Centre Ticket are fall, tickets available at deadlandcentre.com uh, or if you call us on 07198558833 Tuesday to Friday between 10 and 5pm. August Shildjeev on Far A. Hain, Le Ryan Malloy. Here is the wonderful Irlo Leonard with Ryan Malloy who will be playing here at the Glen Centre Saturday week, the 26th. <laughs> dedicate this to my dear friend Philip King whom I think I met when I was still a teenager and he recorded me for his program The Green Groves many many years ago and um, it's just always it's part of what I want to experience and carry is to meet Philip it, it just wouldn't be the same without him So now for a selected listing of what's on around the region, because as usual, there's a heap of stuff. So we're just going to focus on a few small, a few events uh, that are happening the weekend following this one. So first up, we have on Thursday, November the 24th in the Sligo Methodist Church at 8 p.m. The next concert in the Combrio Winter Series. So this is a performance by the Marmon String Quartet. It's hosted by the model, but it's in the Sligo Methodist Church. Uh, this concert will feature a suite of three works. So two classical works, one by, one by Bella Bartok, his string quartet number four, and one by Beethoven, his quartet number two. But then they will be uh, alongside a composition by Irish composer Ian Wilson. And this is called 
Rossini Anna, and it's a kind of a collage of famous teams by Rossini. And it was actually commissioned as part of Conrio's 20th anniversary back in 2019. So tickets for this are 20 euro and 10 for students, and they can be booked via themodel.ie. Then on Friday the 25th, also in Sligo, in the factory performance space, Amy O'Hara is launching her album, her first album, uh, Blue I Can't Describe. So the London-born, kind of long-time Sligo-based songwriter, is it's a physical launch to the album, which was actually released in 2021 digitally, which was obviously limited because of COVID-19 restrictions. But uh, the album blends folk with swing and hints of reggae, and it kind of satirizes and addresses complex and serious themes but we're kind of like a spirit of glee in it as well. Uh, and the event actually has a title, it's called The Launch I Never Had, and it will include support from some well-known local musicians like Philippe Carbonell, Sketch, Anna Houston, and Ray Cohn, amongst others. The tickets for that are 15 euro, and they can be bought from amyoharamusic.com via the gig's Eventbrite page, or by calling directly on 087-216-8522. And then finally, we'll talk about on Saturday, November 26th, there's two separate events happening in the dock in Carrick on Shannon. So first in the afternoon, they have the launch of their winter exhibition. It's happening from 1.30 to 5 p.m. And it's, uh, it's an exhibition, it's kind of three separate exhibitions, three different artists, Cecilia Bulo, Paul Hallahan, and Sean Sivna. Um, they... Is it, uh, it's kind of a mix of media, so Bulo makes kind of sculptural uh, assemblages that explore mythological and personal narratives. Paul Hallen uh, is a painter and video artist, and he's making a new series of works that use the sunset as a way to consider the linear perception of time. And then Shun Swivnet makes photographic collage works that defamiliarize everyday signifiers of domestic activity. And there'll be a discussion with the exhibiting artists led by Mark Gary, and that will all be followed by a solo performance by cellist Emer Reedy. So that's all in the afternoon, but then in the evening of November 26th in the dock, there will be the Resonate Residency Closing Concert. So this is a concert showcasing new work developed by composer Grania Mauvais and soprano Elizabeth Hilliard during their Resonate Residency. And the piece is kind of like a comic commentary on jargon that's found in spam emails. It'll be scored for electronics and presented as live vocals and tape. And the program would also include a previous work written by Movie for Hilliard titled, titled Phonology Garden, as well as works by Rachel Lavelle and David Bremner. And so that's at 8pm and tickets for that are 15 euro or 12 concession and can be gotten via uh, the docs website. And just a reminder, if you have any gigs or events that you'd like us to mention on the show, our email address is artsnorthwest at theglenscenter.com. Thanks very much. So being someone who has only recently moved to the northwest of the country and obviously because of my role here on the show Arts Northwest, uh, I'm kind of on the hunt for different kind of unique pockets of culture around the area. And as I've been asking around, a couple of different people have mentioned a space in Sligo Town to me. It's called Number 45. It's on High Street and it's managed by Sligo Centre for Independent Living. And so we have on the phone with us today Maria Mulligan, who is Sligo CIL's CEO, to speak about the space with us. How's it going, Maria? Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Thanks very much. So if you wouldn't mind, if you wanted to start maybe by just describing Sligo CIL itself, and then we can move on to Number 45 after that. Yeah, grand. Uh, CIL is um, it's a Section 39, which is another word for a charitable organisation that uh, was established about 26 years ago by a number of local people who had physical disability. Um, and at that time, they wanted to just set up uh, an organisation that was going to be providing 
managing their care differently to how it was being managed, let's say, through the main providers, which would be the HSE. So instead mm. of maybe having care done for them, they were hoping to kind of develop up a new way of, of receiving their care where they'd have a much stronger role. So the ethos then was kind of about independence, about having the care, but actually having more control and charge over what that care would look like and what was going to work for them as opposed to what the service was going to decide was going to work for them. So it's kind of like, is it fair to say that it's it's like it's user-led? Very much so. From what I've looked at on your website, uh, you have three kind of ongoing projects, which is the provision of personal assistance and healthcare assistance, a CE scheme to train individuals in healthcare provision to FETAC level five, which it says is very successful. And then also number 45. And so number 45 is like your social space in the town centre. And could you describe the space itself and the, the ethos and function of that? Okay, so the the space was kind of developed by the current board who really wanted to kind of move on from that, the whole provision of care, which is where we started off initially and did operate for about 26 years, mm-hmm. uh, um, or well, no, probably about 21 years, um, and to, to, to take it on to another space. So what we, 45 was developed to kind of create a, an accessible place um, for people who have disabilities be they physical disabilities, sensory disabilities, mental health issues, intellectual disabilities, or any other kind of a disability that may happen in somebody's life. But we wanted to create a, a place that was really nice. So our, our, our place looks great. Um, it actually does. A, I was a in lot there last of money week. has been investiga- invested into it. Our, our, um, the, the, the whole area is done up to a very high standard. That's all about respect. Yeah. That's actually about saying, you know, because you have a disability doesn't mean you have to take the second rate or the standard issue stuff across the board. Our place is 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 pretty special in the way it's done out and um it does have everything it needs to be completely accessible without looking remotely clinical. So everywhere we go, there's room for wheelchairs to be able to move around without it looking like it's a wheelchair access place. And um, the, the tables are kind of rise and fall. So again, you can sit in at the table, you can touch the button and have it lifted up to your the, the height that's appropriate for, okay. for you if you're a wheelchair user. Um, it's also designed very, very specifically to make it as easy as possible to come into by yourself. Yeah. And so just moving on to it, because, you know, this is an art show and and the the kind of art side of things, but what feels like one of the ways that you guys facilitate kind of integrate, I don't want to use the word integration, it feels like the wrong word, but you you know, like open use of the space is through your daily um, arts workshops. So because when I first came in, I was welcomed in by I think a guy named Keith, he was yeah. an extremely friendly fella, and he just sat down and offered me a cup of tea and spoke to me about at noon every day of the week, except for Sundays, I think, there's a different um, kind of arts workshop on that's kind of about open criticism and creativity, if I'm right about that. Yeah, so so we use we use um, kind of art to bring, to, 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 to forge the connections between people. So we welcome people in, but actually the, the, art, the, the, the art and the, 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 the creative stuff is all about just making gentle spaces hmm. that anybody can participate in. So like on Monday, now it's only the first Monday of every month. Yeah. Um, so that's this philosophy group. So that's for the, the ones who have an interest in why we're all here and what we're doing and yeah. all of that. Um, the Tuesday at 12 noon, there is a creative writing workshop that's quite busy and quite, quite full on. And it's great. It's well attended. It's followed on a Tuesday by a Spanish group that meet up learning Spanish. They're teaching themselves Spanish. It's very, very, very casual, very yeah. low key. No homework, no nothing like that. It's a very nice, easy space. That's from 12 to 1. 
On Wednesday, we have a poetry workshop that's actually really very powerful. Um, that's on from 12 to 1. That's been our longest running workshop. And when I say a poetry, again, it's not in any way exclusive. It's a simple discussion around uh, one piece of poetry. Or maybe sometimes it's, it's the words of a song hmm. or something else. On Thursday, we have a music um, uh, session. It runs two to four. It's not noon now. It's two to four. Um, and that's kind of trad type of music, but also well, what my parents would have called the Kamalias or, you yeah. know, just easy space where people can come in uh, and listen to music or participate. And is so it, people are is it to bring. people with instruments or is it singing? It's both. It's both. People. Some people arrive with instruments and some people arrive just to sing and some people arrive just to listen. Yeah. And then on Friday, there's a music group from two to four. Um, that one, it kind of comes with a bit of a health warning. Okay. <laughs> very, very loud. Oh, OK. Very nice. it's, it's loud and it's noisy. So if you're into kind of the Velvet Underground and, and <laughs> kind of like stuff that's a bit discordant and all that, then, then the Friday session is for you. Otherwise, maybe it's the one you're better off coming <laughs> to the Thursday one um, because people will bring instruments and just bang them out, whether they're able to. You know, it doesn't matter. We, we kind of just go with the flow on a Friday afternoon. OK, so it's like, um, a, it's like a noise session on it, Friday. It's kind of closer to that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, um, yeah, so not for the faint-hearted, but actually so much fun too. Okay. On Saturday, they're doing something closer to the poetry workshop around music. So yeah. it's actually not live music. It's actually exploring music genres. Oh, okay. Um, and and um, uh, that's now kind of relatively recently started. So I, I don't actually know an awful lot about that one. But it's there and it's to be developed and it'll, it'll, it will go with whoever arrives. So it's but like a it's music appreciation kind of. That kind of thing, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then also, just because I know that outside of those daytime things, you have you have a club night as well, don't you? Is that ah, yeah, that's that's kind of that's only just started now. We have Clublandia. Um, we had our first one yeah. there a couple of months ago, and our plan is to actually continue them. Such was the success of the first one. Okay, great. So we had a DJ on for an hour and a half, and then we had a band on for an hour and a half, and it was open to the whole community. And actually, we did have a huge range of ages, um, a huge range of abilities and disabilities. We had the best of fun. The best of fun. <laughs> so it was just a great night out. And so can um, I, do you mind if I ask me, just for people who might not be able to come to the space during the day because of work or, or maybe travelling or anything like that, but want to know about what's going on, could you tell how people could find out, get yes. information about so what's going there on? Is a, there's, there's, well, there's Facebook pages for CIL and for 45. Mm. Um, and I think they both one links into the other. So if people are on Facebook, that's one way. Um, there's also the websites, they're not they're not as they're not as current okay. um but there's there's a there's phone numbers and there's email addresses but uh, rather than doing that keep an eye i think on the web on, on the facebook i think page. you also you have quite an active instagram page as well there, we, so, there you go there yeah, we, yeah. i think we probably do but i'm not very good on it yeah but there is one. <laughs> yeah thank you for that yeah yeah no problem so like thanks very much for speaking to us about that maria it's really great to just speak about, you know, kind of unique and positive spaces like the one that you guys are running on. It really there. is. And you know what? Our whole 45 project is actually really down to our staff. We've got a group of people who run 45 and who meet people on the floor who are just exceptional. They have their own skills. You know, an awful lot of them are very creative. 
souls. So looking on that on that note, could I just say if anybody is listening that has an interest in pe- working with people, but also has an interest in using creative activities to kind of engage people, would they please make contact with us? Um, if they ha- if they're pe- somebody who's been maybe out of work for a while and would be interested in being part of the project we'd be delighted to hear from them because we recruit quite regularly there's there's you know there's there, we have a big number of staff here so that's that's something just just to throw yeah there brilliant as well. and as we said people can contact via the website or instagram yeah. or you can just walk in because the walk space in, yeah. really we're, is we're, extremely we're, we're welcoming we love to see people yeah it, it's really people. really beautiful place yeah. thanks very much well, for thanks so much for that Thanks again, Maria. And just to say, the inaugural exhibition in number 45 actually opened today on Thursday the 17th. So there's just another reason to go in and check out the space there. That's it for this week. If you have anything you'd like to contribute or like maybe to chat about or feature on our programme, please be in contact with artsnorthwest at deadlandcentre.com. Thanks to Mark Gavin on sound. Thanks to Craig Cox for his production and research skills. And many thanks to Pubble, the Arts Council and Leitrim County Council for their continued support. This show can be heard on all podcast platforms or through Ocean FM. Good evening, Kate Schacht and Ella.